It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley. This is Cuda Confidential. The official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda. AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. Our next guest is a native of Whistler, B.C. and spent time before turning pro in the Western Hockey League with the Tri-City Americans and Edmonton Oil Kings. He began his professional career with the Chicago Wolves of the AHL and enters his fourth year at the pro ranks and his first with the San Jose Barracuda. We are pleased to welcome goaltender Beck Warm to the CUDA Confidential Podcast. We are pleased to be joined by one of the newer members of the San Jose Barracuda, goaltender Beck Warm. Beck, thank you so much for the time. Nice to officially meet you. How is the offseason treating you? Yeah, it's been awesome so far. Yeah, just up in uh, Kelowna, BC right now and had a really good summer so far in training and uh, a lot of skating and stuff. So it's been uh, been really good so far. I want to get to where you've now spent, as you alluded to off air, the last four off seasons or so in Kelowna. But I want to ask a, a question about an event and a big life event that occurred for you this off season. You got engaged. Isn't that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. I got engaged uh, July 15th. So uh, yeah, it's been a pretty exciting summer so far. To your now fiance, Danica, who I believe is a, a hockey player in her own right. She played some college hockey. Yeah, yeah, she played uh, four years at uh, UConn. So just uh, she graduated uh, two years ago now. So um, yeah, no, it's nice, uh, nice having her around, and she can kind of relate to to everything to do with hockey, which has been awesome. And uh, yeah, it's been great. So, do you guys ever get on the ice, or have you ever gotten on the ice and she shoots uh, at you at all, or or are you guys try to keep it? No, you have not. Oh wow. No. So no. there's no bragging rights in the household. No bragging rights yet. <laughs> okay. It'll probably happen at some point. Not yet. So you are from Whistler, BC. And when I was a kid, I went to Whistler a couple of different times for hockey tournaments. And it is as beautiful as it gets. Just a beautiful place to live and grow up, I'm sure. But now you spend your off seasons in Kelowna. So I want to get to Whistler in just a sec. But why Kelowna? How did that kind of all come to be for you? Um, I think just the, the training opportunity up here, just the, uh, the amount of guys that are here for for skates and kind of off-way stuff in the gym. Um, it's just been a great group and you hear about it uh kind of all growing up like this is kind of where you want to be in the off season if you're a hockey player just in terms of the quality of guys so made the decision a couple years ago to move up here and start training and skating here and it's uh yeah, it's been awesome so far i've talked to countless players who spend their off seasons in Kelowna. not only is it a beautiful spot but it helps as you mentioned with so many pro guys you can get on the ice and probably have a really good skate are there any specific guys that uh, pro guys that you've been skating with the last couple of years? Um, yeah, I think uh, th- there's obviously, like you said, there's a ton of guys that kind of come in and out. But uh, I've been the last four years been working pretty closely with uh, Reimer, so I've had a really good relationship with him and uh, training and skating with him a lot in the last few years. So that's been really good. 
course, former San Jose Sharks, but the last couple of years in San Jose, it was his second stint. Has he given you any sort of advice about San Jose as a city? Uh, not really. I think we've like, we always kind of obviously in the offseason, you exchange stories and exchange ideas from the season that you just had. So I think I've heard, heard a lot about the city and the team and, um, just kind of everything you guys got going on for you. So, uh, he's, he's gotten me very excited, which is, which is awesome. You're a twin. You have a twin brother, Will. I'm a twin as well. And, uh, you, you have uh, the unique name. Uh, Will, maybe not as unique. My name is Nick, so not very unique. My twin brother's name is Dak. So I always kind of joke around that my parents put a little bit more effort into his name. And the same kind of for you. You've got a unique name in Beck. So what's the backstory on that name? How'd your parents end up landing on that? Uh, I don't actually know. I think uh, I think Will William is a family name. So he got a family name and then I got a... Uh, different name i guess kind of a, a fun a fun different one so i think uh yeah i think they knew before they knew they're having twins they yeah they knew will was going to be the a name if it's a boy but then once they found out they were having twins it was like oh like we got to think of another boy name here so it's you two are there any other siblings yeah and then i have an older brother as well so do you remember and you wouldn't remember this but have your parents ever described to you um at any point them finding out that they were having twins. Um, because my mom, when she found out there were two of us in there, because she already had two kids, she actually started to cry uh, and then realized that she was going to be okay. My aunt said she'd take one of us. She said, no, I've got to keep both of them. Um, was there any stories that they told you um, at any point about finding out they were having twins? I don't think so. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't haven't heard anything specific. I'm sure there was probably uh, some, some sort of thing similar to that. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm sure... I'm sure there's some excitement and it's also like, oh boy, we got to have two at once. Like that's, that's quite a bit. Your twin brother plays college hockey right now in Canada, played in the Western league, just like yourself. Is he in Kelowna with you as well? Kind of describe at this point, your, your guys's lives, your relationship as twins. Cause I know personally for myself, me and my brother, are very close, best friends. Um, and our lives are kind of intertwined no matter what. Yeah. He's uh yeah. Like you said, he's at, uh, he's at McGill right now. And, uh, he's not up in Kelowna. He's uh, in Vancouver. He's working an internship right now in the city. So, uh, we're still, yeah, still super close. And like you said, best friends and, uh, yeah, we, we still try and see each other probably like every second weekend, a couple of times a month in the summer and stuff. And, uh, when his kind of schedule dies down during the year, he'll come and visit me and watch some games. So it's, uh, yeah, we're still, still super close. So how do you become a goaltender? And and he is not a goalie. So how do you become the goalie? And he and he, I believe he's a defenseman, if I'm not mistaken. But but how'd that all come to be? Uh, I think just like he, technically, obviously we're twins, but I'm the youngest. So I think uh, just having an older brother and then an older twin brother, I think I was just kind of always classified as the youngest. So playing street hockey growing up, it was always you're the youngest, like you got to be goalie. So it's just kind of. It's the way it worked out. Obviously, it worked out for the best, but it was kind of, I think it was a forced thing when I was young and then uh, just kind of carried on with it. He's playing the older sibling card and you guys are twins. How, how far separated are you guys? Uh, I think only a couple minutes. Okay. Same, yeah. same with my my brother and I. I think we were seven minutes. So yeah, th- that's that's pretty funny. I always just deferred. I let him do things, but I, I don't know if he ever pulled the I'm older card. Um, oh, man, I it all the time. I love it. Hey, I guess if you got it, you might as well use it. Um, I want to talk about you landing in San Jose and the process signing. Now, 
It's a little bit later in the offseason. We're talking in mid, mid-August. You just recently signed. How'd that all come to be? And was there any sort of, I wouldn't say concern, but it's starting to inch towards the season and I don't have a contract. Was there any of that going on or were you kind of just waiting for the best opportunity? Yeah, I was kind of just waiting for the best opportunity. Um, just after last season, it was kind of like, you knew it was going to be a bit of a waiting game. There's a lot of a lot of free agent boys on the market. So knew it might uh, might be a little bit. And then, yeah, I had a few a few different offers that um, decided to pass up on and kind of wait for for the right opportunity and uh, the right situation for me. So uh, when this came along, it was like, as you said, getting a little bit later in the off season, it's like, all right, I think, uh, yeah, I think this is the one. So I'm super excited. I got a little scouting report on you once you sign. You're not the biggest of guys. You're not short by any means, but you are highly competitive is what I was uh, told in, in terms of the way you approach the game. Where do you get that kind of competitiveness from, would you say? Um, I think that's just, you know, probably growing up with a twin brother. You know, it's like everything you do, whether it's playing street hockey, playing floor hockey, playing basketball, playing anything, like you always have competition. And it's always kind of neck and neck. So I think growing up with a twin brother just makes you competitive in kind of all aspects of life. And obviously, I think that translates the ice and uh, during games, racks and stuff. And like you said, not uh, not the biggest guy in the world, but I think that just makes uh, makes you want to work even harder. And yeah, I think it's uh, it's all good stuff. What I I think of Whistler, I think more so on the side of being a little bit of a, a ski resort of sorts. So describe to us what youth hockey was like as a young kid growing up there. Ooh, it was pretty scarce. Um, yeah, it was growing up. There was we had two teams. We had like the rep team and then the house team. So obviously the rep team is the the better team that you want to be on. But even with the rep team, uh, it was you, you had two ice times a week, and one was like kind of midweek in the morning, and it was a practice, and you, you split the ice with the other team. They hit your age group, so they just kind of cut it in half. Then the other time slot was a game, so it was like realistically, I was until I was thirteen, it was only two ice times a week uh, growing up. So compared to what a lot of other kids had and what a lot of kids have now these days. Like I think there's kids on the ice five to seven times a week, every single day of the, every week of the year. So it's uh, definitely a pretty, it was different way to kind of grow up and get into the game. I think we moved to the city for hockey into Vancouver when we were, uh, I want to say probably 13, 12, 13. So that's when the ice time started getting picked up a little bit more and it was getting a little more serious, but like you said, Whistler's a ski town, so it was kind of a it was a nice balance between uh, a lot of other sports as well as hockey. And I think I'm grateful to that. Like I never got burnt out at a young age, and obviously that's what makes me still love the game so much. And so it was never a forced thing. We had so many other things to do as well, um, like skiing and soccer and baseball and everything in the summer. So um, yeah, I think it was definitely a positive experience playing in Whistler. We're talking to Barracuda goaltender Beck Warm. You're going to be pretty impressed by the facility of San Jose. There's five sheets of ice, and that does not count the Barracuda Arena. It's actually a pretty incredible place. It's the largest facility of its kind, actually, all in all of North America, so not just in the States, but also in Canada. So you think of California, maybe you don't think of hockey. It's kind of funny. You grew up in a, in a town that probably had less less ice than that. So um, looking at the upcoming year, I don't know if you're a goal setter or you, you put any of that pressure on yourself, but... Going into this situation, I'm sure you've looked at the depth chart, but do you have any goals that you've tried to set or a, a type of maybe mind frame that you want to have going into training camp in the upcoming year? 
Yeah, I think uh, obviously coming into a new team, a new organization, I think I just want to come in and, you know, make a good impression and just, uh, yeah, work as hard as I can to to turn some heads. And uh, yeah, I think just kind of stay healthy. I think last year I had a, I had a really good season in terms of staying healthy and kind of always being ready. And the year before I had some injury troubles. And I think the biggest thing uh, that I've kind of learned about pro hockey is it's just about uh, always being ready and that's mentally and physically because you never you never want opportunities to come when when you're also injured and uh, I think just taking care of the body as best you can and being mentally and physically ready you never know when there's opportunity gonna come up and uh yeah I think that's the main goal for me is just go in there and just work as hard as I can and kind of see where that gets me and just stay healthy your pro career started in Chicago with the Wolves in the American Hockey League your head coach Ryan Warsawski. He's now with the Sharks as an assistant coach. Are you excited to kind of relink with uh, your old head coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a we had a really good relationship. Uh, I was in Chicago for those couple of years, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice to see him. You have another familiar face at Tumac and Yemi, who is kind of your goaltending partner. Not for a long period of time. I think he was dealing with an injury at one point, but you guys were linked. Are you excited to kind of work alongside him as well? You guys will certainly be on the ice quite a bit uh, this upcoming year. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited to see him. We were uh, we were pretty close in Chicago. We uh, his first year in North America, we were roommates at uh, the Hurricanes camp, and then we actually drove to uh, to Chicago when we both got uh, after camp. We got sent to the American League. We both drove together uh, from North Carolina to Chicago. So we just hopped in my truck, and then we were roommates again in Chicago until uh, I got sent down to Norfolk. So we actually yeah we spent quite a bit of time together. So I'm excited to see him. That's great. I kind of just figured you guys were maybe uh, just linked together for a little bit. So that's pretty cool that you guys have, you know, a built-in relationship there. And you've spent some time together beyond just a couple of stints together. You mentioned the one thing about pro hockey is that things always change and that you've got to be ready no matter what. I was looking or watching a podcast that you did when you were in Cincinnati last year. And you talked about a story when you got recalled and where your girlfriend had to drive you up to Rochester, like a seven-hour drive. It was dumping rain and... I think you made it like halfway through the first period or something, and you end up going into the game because the starting goaltender had cramps, and then you start the next night. Kind of tell us about that, and I, that falls in line, I guess, with um, with having that mindset, always being ready, and you just never know what's going to happen in pro hockey. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a crazy time. It was uh, it was in November, and um, I just finished pregame skate in Cincinnati. Uh, we had a uh, a home series, I think, against uh, Indy that weekend. So just finished the pregame skate, and I was getting ready to to start that night on the Friday. And then as I'm driving home from the rink, uh, yeah, I got a call saying, "Hey, you gotta you gotta get to Rochester. Like, there's some uh, some illness going around. And you gotta you gotta go and back up." And I was like, "Okay, like, it's pretty late, but like, we'll we'll try and get there." So uh, and it was obviously too late to jump on a flight. So. Um, yeah, I started the drive up with my, uh, yeah, now fiance and, um, yeah, it was pouring rain the entire way. So there was, and it was just traffic and it was just miserable. And then got there halfway through the first period. And, um, yeah, after the first intermission, I'm sitting there, like just trying to get settled because I haven't eaten anything all day. Like I've had probably five or six coffees, just like trying to get there. And, uh, yeah, after the first period, the, the starter looks at me and he goes, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm cramping pretty bad. It's like, be ready. And I'm like, wait, you can't be serious. I just drove eight hours in the rain. I haven't had any food. And like, you're telling me that. So he ended up, yeah, cramping too much. I think he was like, he had the illness too. So he was starting to like become under the weather. And yeah, so I had to play the, the entire third in overtime. 
and then yeah had to head straight into uh straight to belleville after that and i started the next night in belleville I actually had a really good game i think we lost two one or three two in a shootout and um but yeah it's just the, the way pro hockey works is especially in the minor leagues like it's yeah you never know what's going to happen always got to be ready so are you just riding adrenaline at that point is it just thinking less is probably your best bet yeah yeah i think it's just just trying to stay in the moment it's like wow this is gonna this is gonna make a good story at some point like right now this is pretty uh pretty crazy to think about but it'll make a good story at some point like it is now the hilton san jose is the preferred hotel of the san jose sharks and sap center in san jose experience something new close to home or from across the world the hilton san jose is there for you with memorable offers and experiences enjoy the brand new guest rooms with luxurious waldorf astoria beds and upgraded amenities we're committed to creating a safe and relaxing experience including delivering an even cleaner stay from check-in to check-out visit sanjose.hilton.com now to make your reservation we are hilton we are hospitality now, back to the action. Barracuda Hockey continues now. We welcome you back to the Cuda Confidential Podcast and our conversation with Barracuda goaltender Beck Warm. Well, very rarely does a player have a straight path at any point in their career, especially once you get to the pro level. We mentioned Ryan Worsofsky started your career in Chicago and it actually began during that COVID season, kind of a unique setting. I think you played four games, you were 4-0, and then you get an NHL contract. And that was probably a thrill for you and, and a dream come true to be signed to a National Hockey League franchise. Tell us about the start of your pro journey. And that you really went from, from a long shot, American League deal, to now a prospect getting signed to a, to a two-year contract with the Carolina Hurricanes. Walk us through that whole experience. Yeah, that was a pretty interesting year as well, just... Uh... It was that COVID year where season started up in, uh, it was late January, February sometime in, in that, uh, that time span. And, um, yeah, signed, uh, an AHL deal with Chicago and, um, because of the taxi squads, uh, there was three goalies up in Carolina. And then, uh, I was kind of, I started off with one other guy and who's kind of split games down in Chicago. And I started off to a really good start. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of just after the long break from COVID, I was just happy to be playing again, excited to be playing again, and I was playing well, so it was awesome. And then, like you said, I signed with Carolina. Um, yeah, that first year was awesome. I think played, I think I played half the games that year just because it was 30-game season, and I played 14 or 15, so it was a great start to the year and a uh, good start to the pro career, obviously. So, um, yeah, it was super exciting, and yeah, it's a really good start. So you played in the Western Hockey League before you began your professional career. And again, going back a little bit to that podcast you did when you were a member of the Cyclones, I think you alluded to being a little bit of a, a late bloomer, but there was almost a turning point in your career where things started to click. Maybe the game slowed down for you a little bit. Talk to us about kind of the evolution in the Western Hockey League. Obviously, very high level of junior hockey, and there's going to be ups and downs. But when did it kind of turn for you? Um, I think probably my, uh, my 17 year in the Western hockey league, it was, um, not that good. Like didn't play very much. Uh, there was a couple of goalies on the team, but they kept me along. And then my 18 year was kind of my first full year. I'd say, I think I played oh, just over 30 games and, uh, 
just struggling to find consistency. Like I had a lot of really good games, but I also had a, had a lot of bad games that year. And it was just kind of struggling to find that, that balance between, um, yeah, just, just getting starts and, and playing well with them. And I, I played a lot of good games, like I said, but there was a fair share of bad games. But, you know, you're young and trying to figure it out. And then my 19 years, um, we had a new coach come in, Kelly Buckberger, um, who's a longtime Oilers player. I think he's with uh, coaching Laval now. But he came in and as a head coach in my 19 year, and he just said, like, you know, you're the guy and, um, like, you're going to play a lot this year. So just kind of figure it out. And uh, it just like he showed that confidence in me. And I think just knowing that I was going to play a lot and I just kind of figured it out. And I think I ended up playing like 64 games that year. And it was just one of those things where I knew I was playing every night. And I knew that no matter what happened, he was like taking me out of the net. And I think that just gave me a ton of confidence. And then, yeah, ever since then, it's just kind of been off to the races. Most teams nowadays have goalie coaches and you've got a dedicated former goalie most likely working with you on a daily basis you personally though do you like a a situation where a coach kind of just lets you go out in there and play or are you more looking at the way you can always fine-tune your game and maybe always looking to evolve I, maybe that's not the right terminology but what's your kind of approach as a goaltender um i think it's a little bit of both uh, i think it's finding kind of a healthy balance of always trying to look for things and find a way to get better but it's also, I think, like once it's time to play in the game and once it's game time, you got to just be able to trust yourself and go in there with confidence and just trust that you know how to stop the puck. Like I've been doing it forever, so uh, nothing ever changes. It's whatever level you're at. The puck's the same size. That's the same size. It's the exact same game. Um, so I think kind of in the summer and like a little bit during practice during the year, like you can always look for ways to improve and things to get better at. But yeah, like I said, once it's game time, it's – you just kind of got to let the goaltender do his thing and be an athlete and go in there and make saves no matter how he does it. And you can't be too focused on structure and the technical aspect during games. Like you just got to, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is keeping the puck out of the net. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at in my game right now is just, yeah, focus on the technical aspect right now in the summer. And then once the season starts, just go out there and do it. Yeah. Sometimes thinking less and just using your, your natural abilities uh, can be the best bet. Certainly you see it all the time. The gold is, Sometimes there's some overthinking and, uh, you know, just playing it and, again, doing what you've done your entire life. When you were a youngster, who was someone that you idolized, looked up to from from the goaltending position? Um, I think uh, just growing up in, in BC, probably Luongo. Uh, he was always the always the guy in Vancouver. And uh, yeah, growing up, it was, it was always, you know, he's always on the news and he's always making big saves. And he was definitely the guy to, to watch growing up. Certainly your era too. I figured it was Luongo, but I didn't want to didn't want to lead the question along and just ask if it was Luongo specifically. So that makes total sense, being where you grew up. I know goalies are particular, at least some more than others, about gear, about style, about the way their mask looks, the way things are set up. Are you like that? Is that something that's important to you? Always kind of making your gear look good. Yeah, I think so. It it is important to me, but I think uh, I always go for more of a, a simple approach. Like I want everything to be clean and tidy and uh pretty classy so i don't do anything too crazy i just like to like yeah i like the kind of small details and uh the simple designs and especially with gear like i usually do yeah, white base with a little bit of obviously this year it's going to be teal and then three simple masks so i do care a lot about that stuff but i uh definitely have to keep it simple 
You had an outstanding year last year in the ECHL. You were tied for first in wins as a member of the Cincinnati Cyclones. You guys had a great club. Uh, I talked to, we we mentioned, or we talked about this a little bit off air, but Andrew Mossbrooks, who does the, the broadcasting for the Cyclones, he had just glowing things to say about you, and, and he reaches out often about, you know, just broadcasting advice and whatnot. And he was talking about how good of a team you guys had, and a big reason was the way you played. What kind of clicked for you last year? And for a guy who... Started his career during COVID, has been up and down between the two leagues, the AHL and the ECHL, just to play a lot, play heavy minutes, stay healthy, as you mentioned. How important was that for you? And did you feel like that played a huge role, just playing on a regular basis, uh, played a huge role in your success last year? Yeah, it was huge. Like you said, like my first, I kind of think of my pro career a lot similar to my junior career so far. Like my my first year went really well, and but obviously it was the COVID year, so it was limited number of games and there's always a lot of time between games and games are always getting canceled because of a positive test so it was like it was it was a pretty relaxed season in terms of that like the schedule wasn't heavy the travel wasn't bad and then my next year was kind of like I like to think like my first kind of full year row and um yeah the injury bug got me and just a couple of fluke accidents just like punched the finger out for a few weeks like uh, little knee problem out for a few more weeks. And it was just little things constantly. I was like, man, I can't catch a break here. And then, yeah, last year was, yeah, my first kind of full, healthy growth season. And um, I before this season last year, I knew it, was, it wasn't it was necessarily about where I'm going to be playing. It was just I need to play minutes. Like I need to get some, some professional minutes under my belt and get some games in and just kind of be the man somewhere. So last year was really good for me, especially being on a good team and just um, – learning how to win games like the ECHL can be uh, a crazy league in terms of chances and uh, just a mess in front of the net and the D zone sometimes, but it's, it's a great league for goalies to develop because for me, I was only focused on winning games. Like you said, it was like, I was tied for first in the league in wins and it was learning to win games, one, nothing or five, four, six, seven, and just not, not worrying about what the score is or if you're feeling good that night or feeling bad that night. For me, it was just like find a way to win this game and then move on to the next night. Find a way to win this game. And I think it was I learned a lot of lessons last year just about just the consistency of, of winning games. Obviously, it's it's a pretty important thing in pro hockey. So um I was really happy with how it went. Like you said, it was it was crucial to play those minutes and yeah, I'm excited to to get into San Jose and hopefully play some games. More so than any other position, the ECHL can just be such a great stepping stone for a goaltender. You've seen so many that are in the NHL that have spent a little bit of time in the East Coast Hockey League. It can be extremely valuable, and it goes back to playing a lot. That's really the key, it seems like, in the early stages. For a goalie, you guys are a fine-tuned machine. There's so many different physical nuances to the position, and little things can start to nag you. You mentioned a knee injury, you hear about hips, your you know, finger, whatever it is. Over your short little pro career, are there different things that you've begun to incorporate in just your prep to try to stay healthy and elude that that bug, that injury bug? Yeah, like you said, there's there's a ton of different things that can go on with goalies. Just it's a pretty uh, physically demanding position. You're just I think you're you're putting your body in positions that human bodies weren't really meant to be in. Um, so it's you definitely got to keep up on the maintenance and. Um, I think in my pro career, I've just kind of stuck to, uh, especially last year, just you have a routine and you just do it every day, whether it's a practice day or game day, you get to the rank and you, you do the steps you need to to do in order to get on the ice and feel good. And I think when you can get into a routine, you stay consistent with it. That's when you start getting results. And 
like, yeah, if you get away from that, that's when injuries might start to come and your body's kind of being put in different situations. Like you want to be consistent and have it feel the same way all the time. And obviously there's going to be nights where your body's not feeling as good or you're feeling a little bit rough, but I think if you just stick to the the routines and the consistency of them, I think that's, uh, that's key. I guess those are the nights that you have the double espresso as a pair compared to maybe just a simple coffee when you're not feeling great. You just got to caffeinate up, I guess you're yeah. engaged. You've got a hockey season right on the horizon. When's the wedding going to be though? What's the plan for, for you and your fiance where you get married and do you have a date yet? Uh, we don't have a date yet. We're thinking, uh, two summers from now, uh, probably here in Kelowna, hopefully, uh, trying to find a venue for that. But, uh, yeah, hopefully two summers from now. So what are you and your fiance Danica doing when you're not training for hockey, when you're not on the ice and you're trying to maybe get your mind away from it a little bit? What are you guys doing for fun? Um, I like to golf and she's kind of getting to golf a little bit more as well. Um, so we're trying to do that a little bit more together. Um, and then, yeah, her family, her family actually has a place up here in Kelowna as well. So they're up here for usually the kind of half of June, all of July. So we'll hang out with them and they have a boat and, uh, they're on the lake. So it's awesome to kind of go there and hang out, surf, just be on the boat. Um, yeah, I think other than that, just spend time together and, you know, we have a, we have a little puppy, so hang out with her and yeah, golf and be on the boat. It's, uh, can't really complain about the summers we have. So how does the next couple of weeks shake out for you? When will you be in San Jose? How does the remainder of your summer looking like? Yeah, start to uh, obviously just stay in the gym, but start to ramp up the skates a little bit more. Uh, I'll probably start skating. I've been skating kind of three times a week for the last little while. I'll probably start ramping up to, to four or five times a week on the ice, just getting ready for camp. And then uh, I'm going to head down to San Jose for the 19th. Um, and then, yeah, just uh, just be down there and get a good good camping and have some fun. Well, we look forward to meeting you in person. I had heard great things, as I mentioned before, we had the chance to chat here and um, it seems like you're a great guy. You're going to fit right in. So uh, we thank you again for the time. Look forward to meeting you in person. Enjoy the rest of uh, your off season. We'll see you in about a month or so. Awesome. Thanks so much. Really appreciate you doing this. A big thank you to Barracuda goaltender Beck Moore for joining us on Cuda Confidential. That'll do it for this episode. Until next time, I'm Nick Nolenberger saying thanks for listening.